Lord, your, your word is given to us, Lord. Your, your word says that it will, all things will pass away, but your word will remain. Lord, and I pray, God, that uh, even today, as many creatures, that we would hold on to your word. That when everything is stripped away, what we would have is your word, and the beauty of your word, and the truth of your word. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, and you equip them for your anointing rest upon them. As he prayed for this, God, as he received your spirit, God, I pray that you would not only reveal your word, but reveal your heart. Lord, I pray for us as a people, let our hearts be saved. May we hear what you are saying. May it transform us to produce you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Good afternoon, everyone. You stand up. This is not a short night. See, I hope I'm still growing. I can get up there one day. <laughs> well, I used to be tall, dark, and handsome. Now I'm just dark. Sure. Um, wow. There you go. Wow. Well done. Really? That, was, that was good. So, um, let's close our eyes. Father, this afternoon, um, the fearful thing to stand here, something that's not easy to preach. Lord, that we would never become a preaching church where the person up front has all the power and the authority, and it's not that. Simply a perspective that's shared from the microphone. Lord, that you would speak to every one of us, Lord. This is not Moses leading the people, or Joshua leading the people, or anyone. But Lord, that we would all hear your voice, Lord. I pray this afternoon that that would be the case. That this is not Tony telling, but Tony sharing. And that you, by your wisdom, Lord, and by your authority, you would share. And you would reveal to everyone that hears. And that you would give us things to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, good to be here. Sure. So, um, I know um, Leroy always likes titles. So, if I was to give this a title, it would be something along the lines of how do we we fulfill our purpose in God? Um, And uh, as I was putting this together... Uh, and, and <laughs> we just take a step back. You know, when you prepare to preach for church, and you come to church, and then you're in the prayer meeting, and things are said, and you go, oh my word, that's in my preach. And then when you stand up there, and the guy who's leading, Pierre, who's leading this off, and he's just repeating stuff that's in my preach, you, it won't make any sense to you, but it blows me away. Because it's, like, it's almost like he said stuff that I'm about to say. But he doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. Because we don't have long conversations. Uh, well, sometimes we do. I don't want to lie. But that's not the point. The point is that Pierre is just speaking from the heart. And, you, and I sit there going, oh my word, I don't need to preach because he already has. 
So it's very encouraging. Um, and so I felt the Lord say to me to ask you, why do we do this thing called church? And so my response was, well, Lord, isn't it obvious? And God said, yes, it's obvious to you, and it's obvious to some, but it's not obvious to everyone. So, if it is obvious to you, why do we do church? Well, bear with me, please. But if it's not so obvious, then please pay attention. Okay. Um, so I want to take a step back. Last year I preached a message called The Purpose of God. And if you weren't here or you didn't hear it or you can't remember it, it's on the website, go back and listen to it. If you didn't listen to it, if you weren't here, then go and listen to it. Because if I was to narrow down God's purpose for us, His purpose, it's very, very simple. He wants to reconcile us. It's a sum total of the Bible. It's a sum total of the whole message. Is God loves us so much. He simply wants us to be in relationship with Him. That's it. And we talk all these Christian things and we Christianese about God is holy and we're not holy and we're sinners and what does sin even mean and all those kinds of things. But deep down we know we do stuff that is not pleasing to Him. And so we drift away from Him because we do stuff that doesn't take us to Him, that pushes us away from Him. And God's heart is simple. It's to reconcile us back to Him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just get saved and we look like Jesus? rotten scoundrel. I was. And inside me I'm still a dirty rotten scoundrel. I just see it much more easy. And I, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but I, man, I was not, I was not God pleasing in any way. And then I met Jesus and I realized what, how God saw me and I realized, oh Lord, I'm just so fraught. And it would have been wonderful if I had just been washed clean and and everything. But that's not how God does it. He says, first I want you to know me and then I need to start circumcising all this stuff away and bring some new stuff and I start to make you look like me. So that we can be reconciled together. And uh, it's that process that we have to go through. Isn't it? It's a process. I wish it was instant. It's not. And so while I was prepping for this message, I was like, oh, this. what's an example if I can share? And I settled on one. And I was, this example I wanted to use was school. Who honestly enjoyed school? <laughs> and my wife's a saint. 
Tina is her saint. Well done, Tina. Anyone else? Come on. Anna? Really? Awesome. That's four. So, for the, for the rest of us, the question is, why did we go to school? So you might say, well, to learn to read and write and get educated. Am I right? That's a simple answer. Okay? Now, my daughter Ava just started grade one. And she can write her name and she reads a couple of words and she can count to a hundred and so forth and so forth and so forth. And I reckon by the end of the year or the end of next year, she'll pretty much have learned how to read and write. But that's not the reason why she's going to school. She'll learn to read and write so she can learn to read and do many other things. But the reading and writing is the start of this process. I want you, as I'm preaching to you about school, I want you to link this to the parallel of church. Okay? And for her, minus one doesn't exist yet. Like she can count one to a hundred, but don't go the other way. No, there's no such thing as minus one, minus two, minus three. No, you're not there yet. And fractions and all those things. She's not ready for those things yet. They will come in due course. So you say, well, we go to school to get educated. Well, let me ask you, how many of you can remember all the finer details from school from years ago? And I see the older ones shaking their heads even harder than the younger ones. Because the younger ones can remember some stuff, but the older ones... I know if I were to write grade... If I could write grade 8 exams now, I'm going to fail. I will fail. Right? How many of you do you think will pass? I think of subjects like maths and accountancy and history and biology and geography and science and my hands go sweaty. When I think about all the stuff I had to learn and study and try and understand and remember. Are you with me? Can I get a, an amen? Yeah. And then if that's not enough, then they force you to go home and prepare a speech. And you want to stand in front of the class and make a speech for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And then if that's not good enough, they send you away to go do a project. <coughs> now listen, where I grew up, we didn't have Siri and Alexa or ChatGPT to give you all the information that you needed. Okay? If you were wealthy enough, you had this beautiful book, set of books called the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I see the youngsters go, what? <laughs> what? What's that? Well, let me tell you, Encyclopedia Britannica was 15 books or so, A to Z about everything, except the project that you had to do. Am I right? And if there was some info in there, it was normally one useless paragraph. Suck. Now I've got to get on my bicycle and go to the library and look through all these trays to find books, and then you find the guy who's cleverer than you has already taken out all the books that you need. Right? And the reference books you can't take out of the library, so you actually have to sit there and read them and write. Does this make sense? Terrible. Speeches. Projects. And if that's not good enough, 
Now you're forced to choose a winter sport and a summer sport. I will. <laughs> Unless your name's Caleb. Where's Caleb? Then you do three sports in summer and three sports in winter because there's not enough time in the week to do more. Am I right, Caleb? But you fit into your own category. All right, so you just... <laughs> but for the rest of us, ah, oh, I've got a sore leg, I can't go. Ah, oh, I played in matric uh, rugby. I was a skinnier than I am now. And uh, we only ever lost 13 or 14. I mean, we were just cannon fodder on the field. Every team that came to play us knew they had a great score. And we just get beaten. Okay? But you see, what we didn't realize, and what we don't realize as youngsters, is that these things are actually not punishment. It's a purpose. You see, maths... Don't ask me what sign, cause, and tan is all about. Okay? Because I remember doing that stuff. And even now, I still don't understand what the practical uh, use of that is. My son does. He's learning to be an engineer. But it's, it was lost on me then and it's lost on me now. But I was able to problem solve. I was able to do calculations. And that allowed me after 18 years of working in the hotel industry, at the age of 36, I went from the hotel industry to the building industry. And I built houses for the next 18 years. Why? Because I was able to problem solve. I was able to calculate. There were some basics from maths that were valuable to me. Geography was my best subject. Who else enjoyed geography? Yeah. I can't tell you too much about what I learned, but I can tell you I understand a little bit about how the world operates today, and climate, and continents, and cycle of water, and all of those things. Does it make sense? History. We did history at school. Yo, all the dates, and you know, how many people died in the Second World War? Well, 37 million. Okay, can you name them? But, <laughs> Like that, that kind of... But you see, it's not history that you learn. It's the ability to remember that you learn. It's the ability to use your memory to store information. That's what they're trying to teach you. You see, we were cannon fodder on the rugby field, but it taught me some fundamentals about teamwork, playing together, okay? winning and losing. Although the winning we didn't, as I say, learn much about, but certainly we learned how to lose. Okay? But these are what? Valuable lessons. Why? They're trying to prepare you for a thing called life. And if you make it through school, then you can make it through varsity, and then you can become a valuable contributor to society in this thing called life. Now, does that mean if you don't go through school that you're not going to be? No, not at all. But for the most part, most of us need training and educating. And it's not the subjects at school. It's the whole environment that's designed to prepare you. Does that make sense? Okay, bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. And so sadly today, we see youngsters dropping out of school. And listen, I know that many of our schools in this country are not in a good shape. And certainly our circumstances at home are not in the greatest shape. There's many reasons why kids leave school. 
at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16. But sometimes kids leave school because they just don't want to go. And they're not going to school, they can go to school, but there's a, it's an act of rebellion. I just don't want to be there. It doesn't suit me. I don't like it. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like having to work. So I'm out of here. Who loses at the end of the day? They do. Does, does this make sense? And so, what else does school do for you? It tests your strengths and weaknesses. So that usually, usually, towards the end of your school years, you find out that you're a more practical person, or you're a more academic person, or you're a natural language person, or the linguist. You know, you love learning English and Afrikaans and Corsa. And so you find you're going to learn other languages, French and German, and you find your pattern along those lines. Or you find you natural and educating and teaching. And school will test you in these areas to help you discover where you should go in life. Makes sense. But you don't know that in grade one. I mean, my daughter wants to be an astronaut and a policeman and what else does she want to do? You know, like doctor and a lawyer and uh, yeah, right. Like, you know that in grade one? Hang in there, girlfriend. She wants to be a? She wants to be a YouTuber. Influencer. Yeah, you'll see. Better get her off that machine. But um, when you're young and in school, it makes no sense. But if you make your way through the system and you look back, you realize how it taught you, trained you, shaped you, geared you, and even gave you some direction and some purpose. But it takes 12 to 15 years for that to happen. And so what has this got anything to do with church? Well, let me start with this. I, I can't use the word hate. I dislike the word church. I don't like the word church. Because you know what it conjures up? A building with a steeple and a bell that makes you feel guilty when you're not there and you should be there. Dong, dong. Yeah? Hate that. Church emphasizes Sunday meeting. My Sunday obligation, doesn't it? There's a place we go to. You know, it's somewhere I need to be is at church. It's terrible. And in fact, if we never use that word again, I'll be very happy. Because church is none of those things. Isn't that what Peter said? The book of Acts describes church as a bunch of people who devoted themselves seven days a week to something. They didn't go to a place. They didn't go at a certain time. They got together every day of the week. They got together whenever they could to be together. That was a word called Ecclesia. That was church. So this afternoon I want to call this church 
for the sake of this conversation. Let's call it the earthly kingdom of God. Which is what Jesus came to establish. Earthly kingdom of God. And what did it consist of? People. You and me. Okay, so stick with me. So this earthly kingdom of God is an ongoing process of preparation, of shaping, of molding, and of educating each and every one of us. In this process of dying to self, we are stolen from you. It's a process that we go through of less of us, the circumcising, less of our selfish wants, and more of what God wants for us. Right? And it's this process that causes us to look more like Jesus. Amen? So it's, a, it's like a circular logic. We start to look a little bit more like Jesus so that He can help us live a little bit more like He wants us to. And as we're living more like Him, we start to look more like Him. And as we live more like Him, we start to look more like Him. And the two feed each other so that we can become more faster. And that's what God wants for us. And the truth is that God has a purpose. His purpose is to reconcile us to Him. And then His purpose for you is to be educated, to be shaped, to be honed, and to grow in the purpose that He has for you. Because God has a purpose for you. And it's not an independent purpose somewhere out there to go and save the trees or save the whales. No. There's a purpose and a part for you to play in this thing called the Kingdom of God. Alright, so stick with me. Let's read what the Word has to say. We're going to read out of Colossians. I don't have a lot of scripture today, but I want you to read this with me and then we're going to work through this slowly. And Paul writes to this church in a place called Colossians. He says for this, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every good way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great, uh, great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Okay, that's a mouthful. So let's take it off. I'm going to have a sip of water. That was a very dry mouthful. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Verse 9 says, We've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay, look at me. What's he saying? He says, We ask God to let you know what His will is for you. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will 
So all spiritual wisdom and understanding. God, please can you show them what your will is for them? Make sense? Lord, today, when you show everyone in this room what your will is for them, and you can do that through His, through your wisdom, Lord, when you show them through your wisdom and your understanding. Does that verse make sense? Okay. So in other words, my prayer for you would be this. Lord, help this Woodstock kingdom of God and everyone in it to know your will for them individually and collectively. And to do it by your power and your spirit, please help them understand. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. Let's carry on in verse 10. I want you to count with me the things that he's praying for. That you may live a life worthy of the Lord. One. May please Him in every way. Two. Bearing fruit in every good work. Three. Growing in the knowledge of God. Four. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Five. So that you may have great endurance. Six. And patience. Seven. And joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Eight. In one sentence. It's like, God, open their eyes. Let them know what you want for them, what you want them to do, and do it this way. One sentence. Come on. I want to work through each of those. Number one, quickly. That you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Or what does it look like to live a life worthy of the Lord? And I think that there's many answers to this. I'm going to give you one. Die to self to live for others. Die to self to live for others. Of course we live for the Lord. That's where it starts. And then, remember Paul's asking that God would show you His purpose for your life. First is to accept this. This relationship comes first. And then, this relationship. Find yourself for one another. Number two, that you may please Him in every way. Now, before... Before we carry on with that, you know, it's so often pointed out, and I'm guilty of this, we are, in God's eyes, we are, we fall short of the holy glory of God. Right? And Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross is what saves us. But we are still, if we're not shielded by Jesus, actually we are unholy sinners in the eyes of God. So you think, well, if I'm an unholy sinner, if I'm unholy and this, how can I please God? Do you know that it is possible to please God? In Hebrews 11.6 he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, with faith, it's possible to please God. You believe that you can please God. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. 
And then he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You seek him. He'll reward you. If you seek him, he will reward you. In 1 John 3.21, John writes, he says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask, because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. You, you want to do what God, what pleases God, then you need to do what He wants you to do. Okay? Okay. And Jesus said this, that the world will know that you are my disciples. How? By your love for one another. Does the scripture say the world will know that you are my disciples by the way the elders love you? <laughs> or the community leaders love you? Or the deacons love you? No. By what? The love for one another. The third point. Back to uh, Colossians. Bearing fruit in every good work. There's that ugly word again, work. Something that we're expected to do, yes. The truth is, it would be wonderful if we could just sit back and wait for Jesus' return. No, we're called to be put to work. We have to put in an effort. And our efforts need to bear good fruit. Do you want to bear the best fruit you can? Do what God wants you to do. You will be good fruit. Number four, growing in the knowledge of God. This includes obviously, what? Reading the Word. You need to read the Word. Okay? But not missing good teaching on Sunday. If you notice, I didn't say church. Church is not an institution we go to for two hours on a Sunday. You shouldn't be coming here because you're obligated to come for an hour and a half or whatever. You should come here because hopefully there's good teaching. And sometimes there's good teaching in the week. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Saturday afternoon. You should want to be there. Why? Because I don't want to miss good teaching. Why? Because I'm only grade three. Because I think I'm grade 12, but I'm actually only grade 3. Because I've only been at this for 3 years. Although you can be in grade 5 if you've only... Uncle Nicky teach last, taught last week. We had, we had a very old man, 93. Uh, 95. I, I had to hold the microphone to me. Whenever I hold it, yeah. <laughs> and then I keep up with him. It was hot. It was hot. Because the guy stood here and he wasn't interested in the microphone. He wasn't interested in whether you were listening or not. He wasn't interested in the fact that the microphone went dead and we had to get another microphone over there and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. <laughs> it was like the worst Sunday. But he wasn't interested. You know why? Because all he saw was Jesus on the cross. And the beauty of the Word that he reads every single day, coming out to him every day, after 95 years or 80 years of reading, the Word still speaks to him. It still comes alive. It still opens his eyes. And that's what he shared. 
And we see failing equipment and we see, I can't hear, and he's standing here talking over here, and the poor guy's over there going, oh my word, I, I can't even read his lips now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he has a man, for 80 years he's been reading the word, and it still talks to him. We don't get to grade 12 or 5 years of varsity and get a, 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 a label or a well done, you've arrived. We just don't get there. But the thing is, as we get older, we get like, oh, I know so much and I'm so in tune and I'm so, I'm, I'm so educated. No, we don't. We don't come to church. We come to listen to goodness. And you know, one week you might have maths being taught. And the next week, business economics. I don't even like business economics. Because some guy comes from somewhere, who's this guy? And then the next week it's another guy who's needing to go to Australia. He comes to share something left field, right, right field, uh, or left field, or whatever, you know? What's that going to do with last Sunday? It's just like going from English to geography to science, to home economics, so what are they going to do with each other? Nothing. They educate you. Mm. teach you. Yeah. They train you. Yes. They equip you. Do you know how we grow in the knowledge of God? By meeting with one another, one on one. times I've sat with someone at a coffee shop and we're talking about something and I'm and I hear myself saying stuff did I just say it? like a revelation and I'm so impressed and so blown away by what I just said I don't want to show it but I want to look at it I don't want to look good, but I'm, I'm like, whoa, that was profound. <laughs> and I go away and I'm thinking, jeez, where did that come from? Thank you, Lord. Like, wow. I never realized that. And I know, I know it was a great thing to say in the moment for that person, and it made an impact for that person, but Man, it's made such an impact on me because it's not, yes, it was in the moment for them, but wow, what a revelation across the board. Because, that, you know, it's like another bullet, but I can get to use that again in the next conversation, or not even in the next, but in the next appropriate conversation. Are you with me? Yeah. But if I hadn't have made the coffee and sat with the person and had a conversation, Without going there planning to speak about anything. Just the fact that I made the time, they made the time, we sat down and the opportunity came up to say something profound, which not only made it the world to them, but gave me a revelationary, wow, that's, God, you just spoke. I would never have had my revelation. Because I don't sit around going, hmm, what clever thing can I say to them that's just going to go, wow. Because it doesn't happen like that. The knowledge of God. 
you're not meeting with each other, you will not have those revelations. Does that make sense? Growing is something we all need to do. If you're not growing, you're done. Next point, five. Being strengthened. We're going to come to an end shortly. With all power according to His glorious might. It's His power that endures, that enables us to run this race. But we need to be so careful that we don't start to take God's power and we use it for our purposes. Number six, so that you may have great endurance. Let me tell you something. If you've ever ridden a bicycle long distance or run long distance, it ain't flat and it ain't easy. If the temperature doesn't get you, the hill will. And if the hill doesn't get you, the pothole will. And if that doesn't get you, the lack of water will. There are obstacles along the way. The Bible uses a very dirty word. It's called perseverance. We need to persevere. And God provides endurance. Seven, and patience. 1 Corinthians 13 describes how love is patient. And so God is patient. One of the aspects of patience is forgiveness. You know, God is patient with us enough to forgive us. Because when we keep slipping up, He has to forgive. We don't have to, but we ask for forgiveness. How much more so do we need to forgive one another? Do you know that that forgiveness takes patience? And the root of that patience is love. For love to believe the best, the ingredient of patience is required. Point eight, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Do you know that joy and thankfulness are intellect. Thankfulness gives birth to joy. If you want to be filled with joy, give thanks to God for what He's done for you. I'm telling you, if you're thankful enough, the result will be so much joy that the things of the world will never get you down. Amen? And then Paul finishes that scripture and he says he's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of God. You don't need to qualify yourself. You're already qualified if you've accepted Jesus. He qualifies you to go and be and do and live out his purpose for you. And so to bring us to a landing, I just School was terrible for me. I hated it. I didn't enjoy speeches. I didn't like putting projects together. PT. Physical torture. Exams. But they prepared me for a life ahead. Allowed me to change industries. At the age of 36. Sure. And just as school kids don't understand the bigger picture of why they have to do what they have to do. We need to be careful as well that we don't resist what God wants us to do. Yeah. 
And the mundaneness of coming together on a Sunday or during the week and meeting, getting to living this lifestyle called church, called the kingdom of God, is hard work. We need to be careful that we don't resist that crisis. And I'm going to read this last scripture quickly, and it's Hebrews 13, 17. And I've always only ever hopped on the first two sentences there. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. For they keep watch over you as many of us give an account. I've only ever focused on those two lines. As many of us give an account. I take, here and I take very seriously the fact that we are accountable for each and every one of you. Where's Kandla? The friend came last week and I heard via the grapevine. So we went to San Jose, Suguri. We went to San Jose and how you asked Kandla how was your trip and welcome back and so forth. And Suguri was like, he knows her name. He knows you were away. He knows you just come back. Really? Yeah. I, I want to know what's going on in your life. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Choose to. Shepherd should know who they're responsible for. But that scripture goes on to say, I would never command this. This is the Hebrews right to right, and he says, Obey them, obey your leaders, so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. I can't command you to obey me. I never would. But if it's in God's word, make it a joy for your leaders to lead you. Your community leaders, deacons, elders, and it's not just us. It's other elders in Josh Make it a joy. We're in this together, guys. If this family can function together, we'll put a plan apart. Does it make sense? So, um, so I want to ask you today. Will you commit with me this year? That we put the things of the kingdom of God first. It's like a, it's like a new year preach. It's not a new year's resolution. It's just like, let's look to the year again. Marvin stood up and spoke about Saturday morning. I know it's uncomfortable for me. And in fact, we have a Kids work is all day meeting in Sunday on Saturday. But um, it's uncomfortable. But you're not going to get beaten or mugged or locked up or anything like that. But that's the first call. Will you? Will you come? So I'm going to ask you. Honestly. If you're prepared to commit, Lord, we want to put the things of the kingdom. And I understand sometimes you can't. Work takes over or you're sick or you're away. But will you posture your heart in such a way? Yes, Lord. I want to put the things of the kingdom first. And that means putting the things of this family first. And if you will, will you stand? I pray with you. Will you stand with me? Thanks, babe. <laughs>